What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name's Daniel. I am hope to the half. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Facebook, Talking Tactics 352, Instagram, Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, remember to follow us. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. If you want to help the podcast out monetarily, remember we do have a Patreon. The link is in the description. $3 a month. You get to listen to all our thoughts about politics and race and life, class, aliens, what, whatever comes to mind. I encourage everybody. It's a new month. If you have the, the wherewithal and the means, try it Just out. Rob a bank. Well, see, I don't think everybody knows what Patreon is, perhaps. It's just like, um, I don't know, you just get extra podcasts, but you also help make sure that this podcast stays around, you know? Yes, sir. So we have the money to to do a few things behind the scenes. So check out Patreon. I'll, as always, link is in the description. Um, you can find Half Hope at the halfhopefootballhut.com. Yes, sir. I'm at Daniel to look. There's a lot of places we could start. But I think the major news, Arsenal sacked Gunnosaurus, bro. Okay, let me just get this straight. <clears throat> so, because first of all, when I saw this trending, I was like, what the heck is a Gonosaurus? You don't know and Arsenal's dinosaur mascot? Come on, man. Let me land, let me land, let me, let me land. So, I was like, okay, first of all, what the heck is a Gonosaurus? Then when I clicked this, I was like, oh, that's flipping dinosaur mascot that they show. I said, why the... You know what? I so didn't care. I didn't even click to see why it was trending. I was about to say, oh cares about this damn mascot now and that guy said oh my gosh they sacked their mascot like this what how is that news now i feel sorry for the dude because during this cold covid times you know it's it's hard to get a job at everything but my lord in heaven transfer deadline day these guys just secured thomas party which is probably one of the great acquisitions of this and um, transfer window and a freaking mascot is trending <laughs> People love mascots, bro, especially ones that don't look like creepy in a sense. So Gunasaurus actually looks like a good mascot, like a kid would love him. So if he's been around, you got to think probably since like the 80s, 90s, somewhere in there. Definitely like winger times. So I'll say the 90s for sure. You have generations almost of people who grew up with this thing, loving this thing. So the idea that you sack him on deadline day and then you sign a player for like 40, 50 million 
It's like, bro, what are the priorities here? From a club perspective, you know, we've lost Highbury. We've lost all these things. At least we have Gunnarsaurus. Like, that's something that we can hold on to. It's something that knits everybody together in a sense. So to sack your mascot is like, damn, what what are the priorities here? It's not like Gunnarsaurus cost. He, how much do you think being an Arsenal mascot is worth? And is it a full-time job? You can't just put different people in the suit as kind of like a part-time job. Like this guy might be getting paid what? No, no, look, I'm seeing 80,000 in the chats. That's best not be right. That that dude best not be getting paid 80,000. 80k a, a week or 80k per year. Either way, even if it's 80,000 80, a year, that's messed up. What well, well, you have to that's think. That's messed up. Well, no, he is a um He's a symbol of the club. So who cares? Well, no. Let's 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 say you need to go to a children's hospital. They, you know, the kids have cancer or something like that. You would obviously send one of your players. Maybe you send a captain like Obama Yang or just somebody maybe who can speak language. So you send Rob Holding, but they're kids. So you're also gonna have to send something fun. So, so let's... worth eighty thousand. So what is he doing that is worth eighty thousand a year? What what is he doing? What's what? What's his skill? His stance? What is he actually doing? That is worth eighty thousand a year. It's not the person in the suit. It's what the symbol of Gunnarsaurus means to the club, which anybody can be. So why am I paying this moron eighty thousand a year just for walking around in a flipping suit? That's my thing. You're stealing money. You don't. You don't. You don't deserve that cash. You're a freaking mascot. There is no talent required to do what you do. There, Those there, dudes who are Mickey it. Mouse and Minnie Mouse in Disneyland. Most of those guys, I think they're like Mexicans. What does it have to do with anything? What does them being Mexican have to do with anything? No, no, That's no, no. Stupid. The the point is that most of them are, I think, um, Mexican, like either immigrants who are trying to find some work and they are paid low because Disney know that these guys are not talented. But obviously, you need some work. They get paid a minimum. Have wage. hope, Trump, out this bitch. <laughs> I'm just giving you facts. I'm just Donald, giving you facts. Donald hope out this one. <laughs> I'm giving you facts. It is mostly immigrants who are, or people who need the job. White boys then, cheap white boys, car, trailer park dudes, whoever needs the job, it's a minimum wage thing that's there. I don't, I, no, I, I, I don't believe you. I think in order to be a professional mascot or somebody <laughs> in a suit, you probably actually have to have some background in theater or acting or some sort of public Bro, communications. I, I, went to, I went to Disneyland Paris where my uncle took me to see Mickey and Minnie. These guys didn't do anything special. All they did was just waved their arms around, took a picture with me, and that was it. Obviously, for me, it was the greatest day of my life because I was like, wow, I met Mickey and Minnie as like a freaking, how old was I, six or seven? You just sound like a hater, man. I'm no, just going nah, nah. to say it. You sound like a hater. 80000 a year? Get the heck out of here. I have zero sympathy if you're earning 80, If you were earning 80000 a year, you best have saved up because you were stealing money. And I do not feel, I do not feel a shred of sympathy for you if you are paid 80000 a year to dress okay. up as a mascot. How much is what the Nigerian flag cost? Meaning, it, the cloth, the green, white, and green cloth, the fabric, how much does it cost? Five cents. Maybe not even. You just need green, white, and green. It doesn't cost anything. It's just a piece of fabric. But what that flag means to somebody means a lot more than what it costs or what it's worth. If I spit on the Nigerian flag, I could say, hey, it's worth five cents. Who cares about it? But somebody that's from Nigeria would look at that as an act of aggression, of war. They'd like be ready to fight or even kill me. 
there are people who are willing to put their lives on the line for the flag of Nigeria. The flag itself is just a piece of paper. It doesn't mean anything. There's no special thing about it. But what it means to people is why it's important or why it has value. Gunnosaurus himself, the person in the suit, maybe you're right in the sense of maybe there's no skill in being no, not maybe. I am the, right. I am the right. mascot. But what the mascot means to Arsenal fans and the club of Arsenal, you have to put value on that. And in that, being the symbol gives you value. Therefore, they put a value of 80K a year, allegedly, on what that means to the club as a whole. That's the reason why it was trending. That's the reason why people are upset. The Gunnosaurus is a symbol of Arsenal. And that symbol is worth to them, not to you, not to me, not to anyone else, but to Arsenal fans and to the club, he's worth 80. It's just that simple. No, no, no. But I, I, then, but I used the example of Mickey and, and Minnie. Gunnosaurus doesn't even sniff the popularity of Mickey Mouse or, or, or Minnie Mouse. And I'm telling you that whoever is is Mickey or Minnie, the guy isn't getting paid eighty thousand a year. So for Arsenal, we don't know if the eighty thousand figure is correct. By the way, all I'm saying is that I hope I hope it's not right. But more so for the, regards to the points, bro. I didn't know Gunnosaurus was was that big a deal. It's not even your money, bro. So no, but, on, on a real one for a club that can spend millions and millions of of pounds on footballers that normally end up being trash. I hope the mascot makes two million a year. I hope he makes eight million a year. I don't care. I hope the person inside of that suit is getting the bag. Football clubs waste a lot of money on footballers. So for them to be releasing mascots and nurses, not nurses, but like chefs and all the people who work in the club, I hope those people were making as much money as they could. So I'm never going to hate on anybody who makes a lot of money just because you think it's not something they should make money for. Like I say, you sound like a hater. If you could go in the suit for 80K, would you do it? Of course I would. Then what are we talking about? No, 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 no. All I'm saying is it's is stupid. No, I have no sympathy for you. Make sure you've made the money, but I don't want to hear anything about, oh my gosh, I lost. You lost an 80000 a year job. People aren't mad about the person in the suit. They're mad about the symbol. And let me respond to the symbol. My thing about the symbol is that, my goodness gracious me, it's a freaking mascot symbol, which... I never knew was that important. I don't. You're not an says. Arsenal fan. Double H. I don't H. give a damn. Arsenal the people fans, who are re- the people who you're reading on Twitter are Arsenal fans. Arsenal fans who claim that this is a big deal, you're having a laugh, and you're being ri- ri- ridiculous. Focus yeah. on the players you are buying. Focus on coming top four. I don't want to hear any crap about a, a mascot. This isn't a movie. Don't give me that crap about a mascot. No, I don't, I don't want to see a mascot trending during tra- transfer deadline day. Mascot is trending. Nah, nah, stupid. Like I say, you have people who have grown up with that thing since they were children, then that thing means something to them. Whether we think it's stupid or it's not worth however much money to those people, the value of that thing is set by Arsenal fans, which we are not. So I understand the reaction if I put myself in an Arsenal fan's body, which is a weird place to be. Um, So... I have written down here, which which game do you want to start with? I'll have to trim that down because I didn't expect to speak about Gunnosaurus for 10 minutes, but you want to be a hater. So you want to start with 6-1 or 7-2? Let's start with 6-1. <laughs> now, I don't, want to, I don't want to curse people. I'm trying not to say bad words. So let me just say, I don't like Spurs. At least I'm meant not to like Spurs because of the affiliations I've forged for myself since I was a youth. 
So I'm not supposed to like Spurs. I kind of enjoy when Spurs win now. And part of the reason I enjoy it is because of Mourinho. And the, the, the good part about Mourinho, especially in a game like this against United, but just in general, is the saltiness that Manchester United fans have for this guy is off the charts. Uh, it's Dead Sea, ocean level, Himalayan and, and salt Mourinho level. Loves it. Mourinho loves the salt. They are, they're so salty. So when they win, it makes me feel good, even though I'm not supposed to. Because, you know, Chelsea loyalties, blah, blah, blah. Yes, but I really don't really care about that. So, <laughs> if you want Chelsea homerism, you can go Nini FC. You can go Eunice. You can go many places. It's, I'm it's, not that. You you can you go see, to the half football key. hut. <laughs> no, 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 no. You see, well, see that's, that's the key. Because a lot of people say, that. wait a minute. half you're a Chelsea fan. Why should you be happy for, for, for Tottenham? I'm like, mate, were you here in 2010? Uncle Mourinho pretty much built that this freaking channel. My loyalty to Mourinho runs deeper than the Red Sea. So <laughs> this the way I ride for Mourinho is unhealthy. So if you think for one second I'm not going to support a guy who I feel is one of the greatest, most interesting people in football history in terms of a personality and a character, you must be sick. I love Mourinho. <laughs> I love Mourinho. <laughs> I always love Mourinho. And it must be... Basically, do you, know, do you know what I fear? What do you fear? The only thing I fear is if I had Mourinho call someone like a nigger oh. or a coon or something. Like, that is always my fear. That's my, that's my fear. Like, man, once that day happens, I'm like, oh my God. And I've never that, gotten the vibe. That is like my worst nightmare. My worst... I'm like, oh, no, if it, no. Okay. If it... For because, that's, it because that's what happened with me and um, Stallone and Hulk Hogan. Do you know how much of a fan I was of, of Hulk Hogan? I was the biggest Hulk Hogan fan, and that thing pained me. That thing pained <laughs> me, man. Oh, man, it pained me. If a manager of Manchester City in the very recent past came out and it was like, yo, this guy has racial problems, he was calling people this and that, crispity, crackity, crunchity, what's and what's, I wouldn't be surprised. He might still have a job there. <laughs> <laughs> he might just have beef with Yaya Toure and Eto and all the rest. He just might. I, 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 I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Just to save a lawsuit. I can't think of his name. But Mourinho, I can't see that. The fact that, you know, Drogba loves him. The idea that, you know, uh, Michael Essien calls him his dad. That's a bit <laughs> weird. It's even a bit cringy. It's like, ooh, like, that's going a bit too far. But, like, Mourinho has players, black players, that he loves. So, I... It would be very hard for me to see Mourinho wait, coming out wait, with like... Wait, wait, what would he say? say that Mourinho has black players that he loves. Well, yeah. Ron, and, and, and black Ron players love him. Ron Atkinson. West true, Brown. true. That was the same thing. He was tasked as having brought in a lot of black players when it wasn't very fashionable to bring He in didn't black love players. them as men. He didn't love them as men. He loved them for their attributes. Well, after the fact. But back then, during that time, you would just say, oh my gosh, Ron Atkinson, he's really... Lost his black players back then, but now, obviously, with the whole Marcel Desai, um, big lazy comments, mm-hmm. you know, now we're like, okay, and now we now get what what it's 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 really about, you know. So yeah, but did Laurie Cunningham and the rest of those guys have a relationship with Ron Ak- Cyril no, Regis see, yeah, and the rest of them? Yeah, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, they they might have liked him because they gave him a chance, but did they? But were they on a level because they were just men who mm-hmm. enjoyed each other's company? We don't know. 
Essien and Mourinho seem to have like an actual relationship to where that's my he calls him my black son that's my white daddy like it's weird <laughs> but you know it is what it is so i would be very surprised to see that so 6-1 against manchester united now spurs are spurs so not too long ago not in the too distant past they were in the champions league final so somehow yeah this team is not a bad team so you can you can lose 6-1 to spurs i think especially when you sun's on form kane's on form and the rest of the team like Ndombele and the rest of the guys they're they're in some form but we really need to interrogate i think just the terrible defending that manchester united have had for the past i don't know how many it's been bad since Ferguson. Even even Mourinho, who's like a defensive coach, pragmatic coach, he had issues with the defense um, for large spells of his of his tenure. Did you say Ferguson? I said since Ferguson. Oh, since Ferguson, yeah, since Ferguson. Yeah, so if you look at the names since Ferguson that have been there, so Smalling, Jones, Rojo, hmm. Bay, Lindelof, we're at Harry Maguire now. It's been terrible. And now maybe you can say, like, which other clubs really have top center backs? And maybe you could think of, I'm sure there's a Van Dyke debate that's going on right now. Sergio Ramos at uh, Madrid. Maybe we could argue Koulibaly at Napoli, but maybe that's more an argument for two years ago. You, you could make the argument that the art of defending has kind of slacked in the past 20 years to where maybe you aren't making as many good defenders as there was in the mid-2000s. So maybe you could just say, well, it's just a consequence of the era that Manchester United obviously are going to have bad defenders. And attackers have probably gotten better. But when you look at what Harry Maguire was doing, he tackled Luke Shaw, who was going to clear the ball, and then it went to Indobele for the goal. Like just the level of, you're just like, what are you doing? I don't remember asking, what are you doing as much as I do now when I'm watching football matches? And maybe that's just my own evolution or like just a better understanding of the game to where maybe when I was younger, I still would have been asking, what are you doing? But now it's just like, what? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? I don't understand it sometimes. Uh, one, one part of me wants to give Mourinho all the credit because, you know, that's my natural inclination. But on the other hand, it's just like Manchester United were just terrible. Here's the thing. And I think this is something that people just have to accept is management. So let's talk tactics. You go down to 10 men. You have a strong dressing room, strong players. You've trained well and you have a very distinct, cohesive mentality. Going down to 10 men normally actually makes you stronger because you become much more impact, you become much more as a team, and psychologically, mentally, you're forced to work harder, which is why they always say that in, in, in football, it's always hard to play against 10 men. You know, because naturally with, with, with 10 men, you treat the ball with a lot more care and, and you're just forced to make smarter decisions when you go down. I and think just... that's bullshit, by the way. No, no, no. I but... just think that's something people say. It's true because it's, it's not a, true. It can't a, be true. Okay, let me explain it. Let me explain it. Chill. Let me explain. Let me learn. Let me learn. My the thing about this is that obviously, from a obvious point of view, is that way we've got the extra man, so it should be easier. But the things that it's is, it's it's one of the, it's one of the weird psychological things. When you have the extra man, you assume it's going to be easier. So by you assuming it's going to be easier, you now are a bit more lax because because you just have in your mind that we have the extra man. So therefore, we should obviously find find space. So you don't really work as hard because you feel like if the space will be given to you. When you have the less man, you are forced to work harder. You're forced to treat the, the ball with a lot more care. And you're forced to be a lot more smarter because you're always aware that, man, we are, we are at an, a disadvantage and we have less man. So you're naturally working harder. You now see a point where, and I've seen this 
several times over the years of watching football for like 20, 30 years now of the team <laughs> with, the, with, with the extra man somehow just not being able to break down the team with the 10 men and the team with 10 men actually playing better than when they had 11 men Okay, because they just played Pause. smarter. Pause. I agree with you. I agree with you that the team with 10 men tends to play better, but that doesn't mean it's harder for the team with 11 the two well, things can be true at the same time. Ten men can collectively play better than eleven because they're forced to, but the game for the team with eleven men is easier oh, no, oh, no, oh, because okay, of that disadvantage. Okay, okay maybe. Okay, okay, I shouldn't have used the word harder. So, so no, obviously that's wrong. Obviously, it's harder when you have ten men. But all I'm saying is that it is just it is one of the weird fascinations in football that it a makes lot of sense. Times... It makes psycho- psychological sense that if we're, if we're down a man, I need to raise my game. And the other team might think, oh, yeah, maybe, we're, maybe we'll have more of the ball. Things will be easier. I get that. But if you look at the statistics of teams that have played 10 v. 11, I'd probably say like 80% of the time, at least this is my feeling. The team that has 11 men compared to 10 or not, once we get into 9, that's a bit difficult. But 10 v. 11, it's got to be at least 85% win. And if, and if not a win, like 90%, you get a point. You get something from the game. Well, well what was called Barcelona? They scored two goals against Celta Vigo when they went down to 10 men. No, look, we, we, we could always pluck instances like, you know, John Terry gets sent off in the 2012 Champions League, think Barcelona's going to mm. run riot. Next thing you know, Fernando Torres is scoring just because, but they put 10 men behind the ball or nine plus the goalkeeper. Like, you know, it, you can make it difficult, but I'm saying more times than not, the team with 11 will beat the team with 10. But anyway, you were saying. You see, no, no, oh, no, no, no. Basically, what I'm saying is this is that. So you have... Normally, when you go to entertainment, you become a lot more compact. And these are, but this only happens when you have teams with a strong mental, uh, mental strength. Again, Inter Milan, Barcelona, twenty ten, UCL semi, Italy against Australia, um, two thousand and six um, World Cup. I think that was the second round match where they actually ended up winning the game when um, Grosso was fouled and Totti scored the penalty. But those are teams that have a strong team ethos. Mm-hmm. What you saw from United is that, okay, oh, yes, it's hard. Of course it's hard. But you gave up. The team gave up. And you didn't play how a team with a man down should play. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, a, it's a combination of things. You're down a man. You didn't employ the proper defensive tactics and structure and shape knowing that you're down, you're down a man. And also the players individually, they simply gave up. So now that just shows there's a disconnection between the manager and the players because the players obviously are not willing to work hard and dig in deep to really cope with being a man down. And there isn't there isn't a direction because a lot of people will say, oh my gosh, Pogba was trash. Maguire was trash. Yes, Pogba was trash. <laughs> Maguire was trash. Bay was crap. A lot of these guys were bad. Shaw was, was crap. But the guy with the blueprints is the manager. And we can look at individual guys, but from a macro level of like, what are you doing? What is now the plan? We're a man down against a team who are playing really good. What do we do? And I did not see a proper direction from United and Sokchek because I keep telling people, if it wasn't for what he did in 1999, 21 years ago, he would be a Norwegian PE teacher. The reason why he has this job is because of a goal he scored in 1999. Because anybody with his CV isn't sniffing the United job. Didn't this guy um, relegate Cardiff City? So you have his 
I do just because of nostalgia. He clearly just doesn't have the managerial skill or experience or ability to take United forward towards winning trophies. So, Do you know the football cliche, cliche that I actually believe? What? You can score too early. What? Like, I actually do kind of buy that one. The idea that they get a penalty in the first minute and they think, oh, we're up 1-0. But now Tottenham is actually forced, okay, now we need to play better. And even before the sending off, and Dombele scores from the Maguire mistake. And I think Sun scores the nah, second nah, one. No, no, don't, no. I don't buy that. That's crap. You can score. T- no. If you're a good team, it doesn't matter when you, you score. You should be able to win the game or manage the game. What do you mean by score too early? It's it's the mentality that it does to the team that goes behind. Then then your team has a crap mentality. If your team has a proper mentality, even if you score in the first second... A team with the proper mentality knows that we are here to win this game. I got you. Whether we score the first minute or ten minutes, we are here to win this game. So ah. scoring too early and saying, "Oh, let's not sit back." Well, you you as a manager obviously are not are doing a crap job for your team having a mentality that the game is over because they've scored in the first minute and they should not take their foot off the pedal. Because <laughs> you obviously should have a game plan for ninety minutes. And mine 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 makes more sense. But look. <laughs> <laughs> to, to no, just to put it simply, no. Look, as I said again, beyond just um, United just being being complete crap, basically, baby Chester eroded. If Tottenham, <laughs> what? yeah, this is a new one. Add to add to increase it. So, boy Chester divided, baby Chester eroded. See, so my, you, you that's you you stole my thing though, didn't you? What? Because I, I had Manchester divided, and then you put instead of man, you put boy Chester divided, and now it's gone from boy Chester divided to what? Baby Chester. Baby Chester eroded? Yeah, Baby so what's, Chester eroded. what's the next step? Infant Chester, umbilical <laughs> Podesta, something. I've got to think Fe- about that. Fetus Chester invisible? <laughs> secluded. <laughs> Infant Chester secluded. <laughs> All right. So, so, so look, 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 I mean, the thing about this Tottenham side is, look, I still don't know what they will do this season. I want Mourinho. I always want Mourinho to do well. I don't give a damn about, oh, what is Tottenham? I don't give a damn. It's Mourinho. So I always want him to do well and I will always root for him. But as I said again, I don't believe Mourinho can win a trophy with Tottenham. I just don't see it happening. Um, I, I think he can. I think you can win an FA Cup or a League Cup. With... They beat Chelsea in the League Cup. So just, remember that. So yeah, that's well, one major contender for a trophy gone. You know, you're, you're basically asking them to win two hard games. But look, my thing about it is Bale. If you can give me, not Gareth, Gareth is, if you can give me beast mode, because that's the build that's... Is Why do you call do him beast mode? Like, what was the or- origin of that? What's his origin story? The origin was the goal he scored against um, Barcelona. Barcelona in the Copa del Rey, where he, yeah. he ran off of the pitch and on the pitch. Then I was like, no, beast mode. So that was when I called him beast mode, was after that score. Gotcha. So if, if you can give me that bail, that's beast mode, that's the best front three in four football. I can tell you right now, he's not coming back. Not that from, one. Like the beast mode from the Copa Dote, that no, he's not coming back. <laughs> if you can give something close to that, because again, you could say in 2018, he wasn't the same guy from 2014, 2016, but he still scored a bicycle kick, <laughs> which is one of the craziest bicycle kicks I think I've ever seen in terms of difficulty. <laughs> it, also, he's left footed, so it looks different. Cristiano's was better. No, no, no. Cristiano's was aesthetically better. Bill's was harder to execute. Yeah. Because Bill was like, he had to catch it. Yeah. 
you know. So, uh, no, no, but the best one was Rivaldo's one because it was the hat trick. <laughs> it was the third goal of a hat trick that qualified them for Champions League. Europe on the last day of the season, <laughs> and it was in the ninetieth minute. There's there's one run, uh, Ronaldinho one I think against Bill. That's crazy. That, that one is crazy. That's a where crazy he chests it to himself chests and like and rolls he, it. He, he basically has to readjust his his body. Yeah. But um, anyway, you you were saying they're the best front three in football. If we get that bill, it's sorry, it's confirmed. Cavani, United have signed Cavani, confirmed. Um, if that bail is gotten, that for me, basically, if they can get that bail, you can name me a better front three as a unit because Kane. Great all-round game. Son, you know how I feel about Son. I think that guy is 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 money. And if you now get that bail, ringing in base mode, that's the deadliest front three as a unit overall, not just individual, but as a unit that there is in club football. But the question is, as you say, whether you can, whether that guy can be brought in. So for Tottenham, I don't know how the seasons will go because they could very easily win this game, then next week get beat up by West Brom or something. So... I'm trying to think if I want to go in on Mourinho haters again. No, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. I I always do. No, 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 no. Yes, no, no. Okay, if you want, let me just say this right now because remember, there was always this stupid notion, and I'm sure you will definitely remember this that Mourinho is a super defensive coach. He's not attacking and everything. All he wants to do is just defend, defend, defend. Meanwhile, he has like the La Liga goals record. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea used to be smacking guys open as well. Me- meanwhile, he used to have the Premier League points record. I think he had a Porto points record or goals record as well. I don't think there's been any other team that he has scored six goals with other than Tottenham, I think. I think Tottenham is a team where he is the only team he's managed that where he has scored the most amount of goals in a game. Because I don't think for Real Madrid, Porto or Chelsea or Inter, he ever scored six goals in a game. I think that's why he wanted to go to Spurs, though. I think he thinks... Oh, oh, because of Harry Kane? No, the team in general. I think he thinks... I can basically get any group of players to defend a particular way. So you just give me some players, a bit of cash. I can go out and find the center backs, fullbacks, and defensive midfielders that I need to just create a foundation. But what I can't necessarily do is coach the offensive side of the game. So I need to go to a place that has players already in place that can score goals and do it without too much tactical input. Which, which he didn't have at here to United. But he does have, in spades, it seems, at Spurs. And then because Pochettino did really coach them to attack, really. So Son will get you goals if he's fit. Then this was part of the problem last season, as we saw with the documentary. It just so have, had so many injuries. But Kane, he'll get you goals. Son will get you goals. Ali, in, at, in his best form, will get you goals. And then, obviously, you have like supplementary players with like Lucas Moura or Lamella or... Winks, perhaps, and maybe he thought he could get Erickson to stay. Erickson would have been a good addition to this to this calculus, I'm sure. Then you add Bale on top of it. It's look, all I have to do is get these guys just to keep clean sheets, and we'll score enough goals. Maybe we concede one or two here or there, but you have a team that can get you two or three goals every game. I think that's more his thinking. This team is good enough to win a trophy. I'm not asking them to win the Champions League or the or the Premier League, but they can get you an FA Cup or a League Cup. And that's all he really needs, considering they haven't won a trophy. If it's not the League Cup, which they beat Chelsea, I think, in 2007. Don't kill me for the date. But if it's not a League Cup, I don't remember the last time they won a trophy. Like FA Cup, Premier League, oh, European trophy. It's, it's been, it's been like since the time. 80s or something like that. Maybe even early 90s or something. If he can get them like a major... I don't consider the League Cup a major trophy in that way. Like yeah. the major trophies you can win in England are the FA Cup, 
Premier League, and then in, in Europe, Europa League, Champions League. Those are the ones I count. So if he can get them one of those, and the Europa League, I think is a real possibility as well. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think it'll be a success. Anyway, now this is far more embarrassing because <sighs> this was we ha- weird. We have Premier League champions. We have people who escaped the relegation zone last season. Mm-hmm. On on the last day of the season by a point. And they've added a striker from the championship and Ross Barkley. <laughs> so it's not like they've gone out and spent $200 million or something I like that. I think a centre-back as well. I think they got a centre-back as well, I think. Meanwhile, Liverpool, Jota was in the eleven to replace Mane, who, you know, hopefully he gets better from coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Allison had to step out. Oh yeah, he's, he's out till November, I believe. But I will say this, last season, people thought, oh, no, Allison, this is going to be trouble. Adrian came in, played 11 games, won all 11, only conceded 10 goals. Is he really that bad of a drop-off considering what he did last season? Maybe you could argue that, you know, it's a new year, new Adrian in that sense, but not that bad in terms of uh, backup goalkeepers if we look around the around the Premier League. So they didn't play kids or some trash team they played as close to a full strength squad as they could have do we put any stock into like they were just super unlucky with all the deflections or is it more like you make your own luck oh no don't do that don't do that you now saying that oh they were lucky with it de- because you have to get us put it this way you have to put yourself in those positions to gain those deflections and the because again i caught the second half not the first half because the guy said Buckley had like two, three chances that so Patrick could have had like I'd three say more four. Goals. He, he had four chances. When, when you look at the, 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 the second half, the amount of chances these guys had, the amount of problems they created, I literally, it was a case of almost every time there was a ball over the top, mm-hmm. there was a chance. So which is why I say like, this reminded me of um, Klopp's final season with Dortmund, where it was like, bro, if you just play the right ball over the top, you're going to score. Because I was like, man, this guy's just playing a high line, a high line, a high line. And I think it was a case of, I feel it was a thing of pride that Klopp was, no, we're going to get back into this game and we're going to turn this around. And I think he really, because I think, was, was it 4-1 or 3-1 at halftime? 4-1? Because I think so, Watkins had a first half hat trick. So basically, and there was somebody else that scored. They, I think they scored from a corner. It was um, McGinn. McGinn, he hit so a deflection off Klopp, Van Dijk. So basically, basically, Klopp really believed that, no, we're the champions. We're the Premier League champions. We did an amazing thing last season. We're going to win this. We're going to turn this around. So he was just like, no, nah, just keep attacking, attack, attack. We're going to find those goals. Whereas he should have realized that this is probably not a day. I need a different kind of approach to this, which is what he ended up with seven. So it wasn't a thing about luck. Liverpool's tactics and Villa's tactics created that result. So Liverpool pretty much gave Villa the templates to pretty much go in and just totally and utterly rip them to shreds. So basically, Dean Smith was given the perfect templates to be like, man, just find those key balls, find those, play the ball into the space, which we are is literally being presented to us on a silver platter. And we're going to keep on having 1v1s, 1v1s, chances, 1v1s. So... It was a mess. It was a complete, utter mess, man. I know it's early in the season, so we can always say it's too early to tell. But I wonder, do you think this is a worrying sign for Liverpool? In many ways, I'll, I'll, I'll link this back to what would be a good team to pick. Um, we'll take Antonio Conte's Chelsea. I think this might be a good example. So he was playing, I think, 4-1-4-1. 
didn't work. Then he went to 3-4-3 in 2016-17 season. And the league didn't know how to cope with it. They were just like, well, this is a new style almost that's been unleashed on us. And then they won 16 straight games. And before anybody could kind of figure out what to do with it, Chelsea had already built up such a lead that they went and, that they went and won the title. Then the next season, you saw Pochettino was playing back threes. Emery was playing back threes. All of uh, Back three became a more, or back five, whichever way, um, became a more in vogue thing to do. Conte suffered as a consequence because people had figured out what he was trying to do. So there were blueprints in place for this is how we stop this team. Eventually, he doesn't have a terrible season, but they, they're not as good as they were when he was doing something that was new. Do you think and do you think there's all a blueprint in place that Liverpool was so clear last season off what they were doing? Not that it was as new as what 343 was, but just it was it was something that was hard to cope with and people didn't necessarily have a design of how to beat it. Do you think that now that there's been a, another season, people have seen what they're trying to do? If Klopp doesn't have another evolution and he tries to do the same thing that he did last season, teams will now have a better scheme of what we're going up against to where you will maybe you won't see seven twos. I think that's going to be a, a novel result in some ways, but getting close to 100 points, not the same. No, I mean, basically, I think it's one game. Yes, it's one crazy game where they go fully exposed. It's one game. So as of right now, we don't know whether Liverpool win the league and then we just look back and say, man, remember that crazy results back in October, man? That was wild, man, you know? So I can't come out and just say, all right, I think these guys are exposed. I think a lot more teams are now going to do what Villa did and now expose them in this way. But the thing of where this there could be truth in this is what would have happened if Christensen wasn't sent off and it was 11 of 11? Because we saw Timo Werner really peeling off and getting himself into good positions. What would have happened if it was 11 of 11? Against Leeds, Leeds scored three goals at Anfield. Mm-hmm. And if Leeds maybe had better, more clinical finishers, who knows how different that game could have been. Liverpool just had Salah. So, do, do, do we consider Arsenal perhaps in the charity shield? No, because it's a charity shield. So I'm not, <laughs> I, I won't consider that. Like, no. Nah. Because so, I don't know how seriously players take that game. So okay. I'm looking at right. Premier League and saying, everything. Because like, they, they have another player on the left who's willing to get in behind. So I'm wondering if there's like these little tactical adjustments that, you know, you know, managers talk with one another. It's not like you're on a complete island. So just little ideas that this manager would have and that manager would have about how you would combat a particular system like Liverpool's. Once you figure out, okay, like they they love they love crossing fullbacks, shut down the fullbacks. Once you get the defenders in isolated situations, perhaps you you can get some joy there. I wonder if there isn't concerted efforts. Villa did this, Arsenal did that, Chelsea did this, Leeds did that. Do you remember last season when like or not two seasons ago when Bielsa came out with his whole press conference about oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he broke Spine. down Derby County. <laughs> Like, there's got to, not there's got to, there are people that are doing that about Liverpool. So eventually there's going to be enough information on how these guys play to where you're not going to be able to do what you think you're going to be able to do all the time. But but look at, compare Liverpool of 2018, 2019 to Liverpool of 2019, 2020. They're different. Because Klopp changed, which is why I always give Klopp more credits than Pep because Klopp, because I know... How Klopp was during Dortmund and how ultra attacking they were was like you know what we are going to bring a bit more pragmatism mm-hmm. and a bit more structure into it. So I wouldn't put it past Klopp to be like 
to be humble enough to be like change again okay yeah let's let, let's have a slight readjustment here because so, because for if, if we want to look at manchester city for instance i think pep has been figured out by the league Mm, but oh, I don't yes, know. Yes, but yes. I don't know if he's humble enough, as you say. And I think that's the key word. I don't isn't. think he's humble because he's destroyed football. I yeah. don't think he's humble enough to change himself and try something different. Te- a promoted team like Leeds. Now, obviously, Leeds have Bielsa, and there's the whole Bielsa thing that you know I may or may not get. But yeah, they're getting points from City. You have to be willing to make adjustments, not completely abandoning what you believe in, but you do have to make some changes because you know other teams aren't static. You know. Mm. You always have to change, which is what right. made Ferguson and his United side so good because he kept on he, he knew when to re- reset mm-hmm. and totally change everything. But yes, Mane, Henderson, and people were missing, but there is there is no excuse to lose seven two to a team that almost got relegated last season. So you can use that as an excuse. <laughs> but my thing though is that I think lose if you're gonna lose, lose respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but on Mane, remember they said that. Mane's goals, I think, won 19 points for Liverpool last season. So his goals won the most points. So he's a thing of like, not how many you score, it's when you score and the points of, of, of those goals. So you, you now see Mane's value in this. Salah is Salah, goal scoring freak. But Mane is also very key. It's the reaction. How do they, how do they now sort of react from this? Because this is such an exposure that, as you said, teams can be like, okay, hmm. Let's just try and see what Villa did. Like, how were they attacking these spaces? What kind of runs were the guys making? How were they defending? Because again, I've always said this. Trent can be called the best right back in the world because you don't know how to defend. <laughs> you know, and he was badly ex- exposed. And I think this should now tell people that he is a great talent and he's got superb crossing and he's a great free kick taker. But with regards to defending and marking, he's just not good and he got badly exposed. And I think that for Van Dijk as well, people say, well, look, a lot of the issues were from Gomez and Trent. As the most experienced central defender, you have to lead that back line and you have to instruct people because you're more than just what you do as an individual. You are the general of the, that, that back four. Those are your men. Those three other dudes are your men because you're like shouting, keep the line, maintain, mark your man, let's go zone, let's go man to man. So you have to take some blame of being the experienced central defender where your defensive line allowed, w- w- was breached seven times. It's about the reaction. It's about the reaction. And look, as for Villa, man, it's like, look, they've started really well. You know, look, Ross Barkley, I'm like, wow. But again, you see, this is where people need to be careful because guys are like, oh, oh what could Villa do? What could Everton do? The, the table will look nothing like how it looks like right now. <laughs> so by the time it gets to January and February, it will be like how we know it should look. People, Liverpool and City near the top. People said that in the Leicester season. Ah, it'll it'll come back to normal. Once don't worry. A, don't worry. That's a once in a lifetime. Do you know how much? Do you know how much money we lost off that? All you had there were t- obviously the Leicester started at five thousand to one, but then there was times where they were still they were up at like you know November, December, whatever it was. I think it was still like in the hundreds to one or whatever it is because nobody really believed. No, and nobody should have believed <laughs> because Leicester City was a once in a lifetime occurrence. Everton aren't the same as Leicester. If Everton won the league, it would make more sense than Leicester winning it. Everton are not winning the league. I said if. I'm telling you, I, they are not winning the league. I I'm know. You that's right. I now. know. I know. But if they did, use your imagination with me. If they won. did, that would make more sense than Leicester winning it. Where do you want to go next? What else happened? Is there any other result in the Premier League that stands out to you? 
that you can think of off the top of your head? Because those two were pretty wild. Um, I mean, well, look, I mean, not really. I mean, I mean, Everton still have a perfect record. Chelsea did what they did, or they should do against Palace. Um, Mason Mount was benched. Well, he was rested. He wasn't benched. <laughs> he, was, he was rested. Those are two very different things. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, where do I stand on the Everton thing? Um, I haven't watched them enough to to give you an opinion, so I don't know. But do you feel that? Top four, top five. Look at how Hamas Rodriguez is playing. Because my thing is, I look, it's it's way too early to tell. I haven't watched. I watched. I think their first game was it against Palace? Tot- maybe? Tottenham. Then their second game, Crystal Palace. I watched enough of it. Calvin Lewin has been ging up, man. I've seen. I've seen. I've saw. <laughs> He's coming for that Euro spot, I guess. Imagine, imagine if this guy actually makes England's Euro team. I think he will. If you think of England's best three strikers right now, who would you say they were? Obviously, Vardy is not in contention because I think he's retired. So, it'd probably be Kane. And who else? Calvert-Lewin and Callum Wilson. Ings. Ings. So, I guess those three. And then maybe on the outskirts, Callum Wilson, Tammy Abraham, maybe. Can't really think of any others, to be honest. They have loads of midfielders, but not really many strikers. You know, rather than back the days of what's called, you had Robbie Fowler, Owen, Shearer, Sheringham. Either way, Cole, Kane's, Kane's right. going to play all the games. He's going to play 90 minutes every game. Mm. He's going to turn his ankle in like a quarterfinal. And then imagine Calvert-Lewin starts like a knockout game. <laughs> <laughs> and like he's, he, he, and he, scores, he scores like scores, a hat trick. Yeah. yeah uh, or like he scores like a 93 minutes winning goal against Spain. Same and, three, like, oh, and sheesh. then he gets bought by like what? What team is Calvert Lewin's ceiling? Ceiling? Yeah. So like, what do you mean? what's what's the best team you could see him with? Is it Everton? Like, do you think there's another level for him to hit, or is this the ceiling? Like, is I'll tell you this right. <laughs> I'll tell you this right now, based on how United are moving in the transfer markets. Oh my god! <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> If, and if they tried to buy him, it would be for, like, not a small amount of money right yeah, now. No. Speaking of transfers, I guess we could, like, knock some of these out. Somebody wanted us to talk about Bakayoko to Napoli. What I don't understand. So, he's gone to, from Chelsea on loan. He's gone to AC Milan. Had, mm-hmm. a, had a good loan spell. Monaco, from all accounts, had a decent loan spell. Now he's going to Napoli. So all of these, uh, maybe not Milan anymore, but Monaco have Champions League aspirations. Napoli, are, are they in the Champions League this year? Who? Napoli. No, they finished seventh. Right, right. They didn't make it. Because I was like, who's? it's Atalanta who's the other team that's in there. Um, yeah, but they have Champions League aspirations. He's going to all of these clubs that you would think, ah, like these are good loans in, in other words. Why isn't it worked at Chelsea? I don't understand. And... Well, actually, I, I do understand. It's the fact that when he arrived at Chelsea, he played injured, didn't play well, but understandably because he was injured. And that just poisoned the well. People at Chelsea aren't convinced that he's a good player for Chelsea or in England because of what he did while he was injured. He shouldn't have been wait, playing. Wait, 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 so, so who was the coach he was under? Antonio Conte. So he was never with Sarri? No. Yeah, I mean, because see, remember, you would think that he's a Conte type of player. Because the type of player he is, you would think that's that's kind of type of player that, that Conte would would want in terms of what he does. Really, you know, like not too flashy, very effective, blah blah. Yeah. But as I said, injury is one thing, and you know, like as I said, Conte had his formation, had his team, and Conte is one of those dudes that once he has his players and his set team, he's chopping and changing, he's doing a Lampard, <laughs> you right. know. Like Conte is like, this is my team. 
These are my guys. And this is how we're going to roll. Boom, 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 boom. So boom. There, there if you didn't break in, it's, it's, that's, you, that's you. Do you remember the game against Watford where he got sent off? Bakayoko. Yeah, he had two yellow cards in the first oh, yeah. half. That was it for him. In terms of Chelsea's mind, I think. He got sent off. He I don't know how many games he played after that. Um, but that was it. But for me, I looked at it like, well, if you can do well for Milan, and if you can do well for Monaco twice, and if you can do well again for Napoli, I don't understand. And Chelsea are thinking, okay, let's go buy Declan Rice and all these types of defensive midfielders. You have one. You just need to try him again. But it just seems like they don't oh, no, want no, to because the, the, the die's been cast in that sense. Think so. about this Lampard's team then. How does he fit into... Does, does Bakayoko fit into this Lampard team? I don't think he does. I think he could. Because I wouldn't think Jorginho would fit. But he does. He doesn't though. Like, he actually plays him. <laughs> you know, he'll play him one time and he won't play him another, another time. So, we don't even know whether Jorginho even way, really put, fits this team. Put it this way. I think Bakayoko is a better fit in what Lampard's trying to do than Jorginho is. I suppose, yeah. I, I, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. But we'll never know. What else? Jack Wilshere has been released from Arsenal. Oh, no. Not Arsenal. Sorry. He's been released from West Ham. Did you have any opinion on Jack Wilshere when he was at Arsenal or when he moved to West Ham? Are you, um, are you one of those who thinks like if he wasn't injury plagued, he'd be one of the best in England? I'll be real with you, man. Jack Wilshere is a, is a very good player. Because remember, he was... Didn't he score that crazy team goal that um, Aston scored? Like, an amazing, amazing team goal. Um, Did he score it? Or was it Giroud that scored it? Or was it a 1-2? It... Because basically, he played a key role. Either he had the goal or he well, he did the key pass that led to the goal. One of those two. But he had a key role in, in the goal. It was Norwich. I think people kind of slightly over it. Yeah. It would, be, it would have been interesting to see what he would have done if he was fit. Because he was a good player. Like a good, smart, technical player. Like, where, okay, no, this guy. He's knows not what he's doing. dead, Double H. Bruh, when you have those amounts of injuries and stuff, and there's no I, coming back. I, I, Basically, I, there's, there's no coming back for Jack Wilshere. It's not happening, man. He, he said he's been fit for a time. He just hasn't really gotten the opportunity at uh, West Ham. I don't know. We'll see. I guess he has, what, a few hours to find a new club? It's kind of, if you're going to release him, release him earlier in the window. So he has like a full transfer window to get picked up like releasing him on deadline day that's that's messed up no um what else do we have written down here in terms of transfers thomas Partey to arsenal um i think you said that would have been one of the best moves of the window earlier mm. in the podcast mm. i'm told it was either him or awa from leon i would still say awa would have been better but Partey is still very good because i just think that you know we in el nene and um Jacques, you have like your destroyers and like guys who can keep your midfield strong, but you don't have a passer of the ball, a guy who can keep possession and pick out a good, interesting pass from deep. That's what they're still missing. But the thing with Pate is that he's box to box. He can defend, he can tackle, he can keep the ball, he can shoot, he can bring the ball up. So he gives the midfield more movements and brings like an whole all round aspect to it. Because I said again, one of Alessio Madrid's most important players. Mm. And what are the most consistent performers? So it is crazy how they have this thing in La Liga where you have to have a release clause. That's crazy. That's a crazy rule. <laughs> That's a crazy rule. Well, see, the the player has to accept it. It's not like you just trigger it and you get the player. It's It gives the player some agency to where if I want to leave, I always can, just as long as this fee is reasonable enough. So it gives players... So why doesn't every league do that then? It's just Spanish law, I suppose. It's just worker law, probably. 
and to be fair, I think like if if a team comes in with a bid, it might not necessarily be an automatic release from the contract. But you can always decide whether or not you want to go to the club because you have to no- negotiate personal terms. In Spain, there's a number for you to where you can always negotiate personal terms. It just you just have to be willing to pay it. So for some players, it's unreasonable. You look at someone like Messi; I think it's like seven hundred million euros. That's nobody's paying that. <laughs> but for somebody like Partey, where it's I think forty-five, fifty-ish million euros somewhere in there, that's a reasonable enough number, especially once he perfor- outperforms it and doesn't feel like re- negotiating a new contract. So yeah, I actually like it because it gives the players. As I say, yeah. some more agency. So you're, so you're not, so not held prisoner mm. at any club. Exactly. So imagine if Zaha had a release clause and his yeah. release clause was 50 million. Somebody would trigger that and pay it and they wouldn't have to negotiate with Palace. But because Palace understand him to be very key to what they're trying to accomplish, they can slap any number they want, 70, 75, 80. You could reach that and they would say, oh, you paid it. So now we'll try 90 or whatever crazy number that they want to come up with. And now he's virtually stuck. Because he has he signed the five year contract, so I actually agree with it. Um, I think though, given the kind of Awar dynamic from Lyon, if they didn't loan back Danny Ceballos from Madrid, I think Awar might have been more useful to their team. In my mind, they kind of do similar things. Awar and Ceballos. But, but Awar is just I think he's he he's does it better. better. Yeah, he's better at it, but. You'd rather have Partey and Ceballos in my mind anyway because they're two different style of midfielders. Mm. Whereas Awar is a bit similar. So, yeah, I think it's a really good move. I saw, you know, Chelsea oh, very good were... Move, man. Yeah, Chelsea were interested, I think, or Jorginho to Arsenal was something that I saw. So, for, for his sake, I'm, gl- I'm glad he's going to Arsenal because I think Arsenal fit him better than whatever Lampard would have tried to do with him. Um, <laughs> Tammy Abraham, Jaden Sancho, and Ben Chilwell... Chilwell we're seen at a party with Ooh. no masks on. And I think Abraham today had to come out and apologize. So I'm wondering if you could just tell me, if you could gauge it for me. And maybe you don't know, and that's a fair answer. Do you think people, young people in England, London specifically, are taking this thing serious, like the coronavirus? Like no. from, from, from your understanding? No. Yeah, it was just weird seeing a bunch of people in a closed space with no masks, no social distancing. And now Abraham had to come out and apologize. So considering what happened with Foden and Greenwood last time there was international football, it seems as if these young English footballers are kind of flaunting the rules in some ways. So mm. yeah, no, no, I is, mean, look, is there I, anything that can be done or is it just, you know, youth use will be used? I mean, it's just one of those things that we're like, I think you have such a bad leadership from Boris because people don't actually respect him. They think the guy's a clown. So especially young people. I know a lot of young people are very kind of liberal and, and everything. So they just look at Boris Johnson, just this kind of draconian, flipping old dude. So they're like, oh, I'm going to wear my mask. And also, because even, was it, I think, a few weeks ago, where um, in Trafalgar Square, there were like thousands of, of people who were protesting the wearing of masks. They're like, oh no, this is against everything. And I, and I was like, oh my God. So <laughs> it's all a mess because guys are like, the, the messaging is confusing. People have a huge distrust of the politicians and you know so what? forth is it so. messed up that part of me is just like fine man don't wear a mask oh just just don't wear it catch it and if you die you die like the part of part that's part you've of my energy warned. you've been warned it's like, part I, of my I, energy like I, I don't like that that that's part of my energy but part of me is just like you know what? if you want to be stupid and not wear a mask feel free and when you die you die like you know and i don't have to feel bad about that and part of I, I, that's 
the worst part of me that's just like, I don't care about your life at this point if you don't care about it. So I'm not going to be better than you for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, look, if you're not going to give a, a crap about yourself, then... But then again, your actions could fall on somebody that is trying to do better. Yeah, but well. You cough on someone, they go meet somebody's grandma, and now you give it to your grandma, who has nothing to do with this, mm-hmm. and now your grandma passes away because you wanted to be an idiot, or one of your friends wanted to be an idiot, and now you're a carrier for the thing. So just, yeah, be smart, people. Before we get to Europe... I see best and worst transfer windows. So best, I think Chelsea probably have a good case for best. New new goalkeeper, that's number one on the list. Mendy, clean sheet. Shout out to Edouard Mendy. Center back, Thiago Silva, decent pickup. Left back, Ben Chilwell, seems okay. No, 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 no. Don't even say seems. Who was the left back before him? Who was there? Na- name him. Say his name. Say his em- name. Emerson. Not that dude. The other dude. Aspilicueta. Okay. So it's, it's, we're well, well, playing this game. Basically, that dude. Baba Raman. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Cole. <laughs> Basically, look. The fact that you now have a... Yuri Zhirkov. <laughs> you know, you know Zhirkov wasn't too bad. You know? <laughs> why, why did he ever walk out? <laughs> no, Alonso. Okay, fine. <laughs> like, that was key. Getting a guy that this is just a left back because Emerson is cool, but eh. yeah, because Chilwell ain't he ain't great, so he ain't great. But who, he's else? Solid. who else? Who else came? Uh, Sar they signed Sar and then loaned him, I believe. Hmm. Um, so that's that. Um, and there are some others Ziesh, top signing, Havertz, cool. Um, Timo Werner, we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably having the worst out of all the all these guys. Maybe not Ziyech because we haven't, haven't seen him yet. Um, so, yeah, considering coronavirus and people are injured and all this kind of stuff, for Chelsea to go out and get seven players, perhaps eight, um, I think they've had the best. The worst? Manchester United, probably, if we're looking at this just from a oh, Premier League context. Madrid? Have Madrid bought or sold anyone? Well, obviously they've sold in Hamas and they let go of Bale, but have they brought and anyone also, in? Yeah, Reguillon as well. Yep. Have they bought? Have they brought anyone in? Nope. And also, even Warsaw is Danny Carvajal is out for two months, and so, they, yeah. and they, they allowed Hakimi to go to Inter Milan. I can't remember too much Madrid transfer market activity except the outgoings, and maybe Zidane would think just get rid of all these guys that are trouble. <laughs> so Bale, fine. Mm-hmm. Him, him out is almost like a new signing in terms of what it might do to the club. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, it's like, see, Reguilón makes sense because you have Fela Mendy and Marcelo. Yeah. But my thing is that who is the quality quality right back to deputize Cavahal? Because again, Hakimi, I thought like I mean, I'm like the guy was damn good for Dortmund. Yeah, and Madrid fans say, "Oh no, Hakimi, now he's not that good. He makes mistakes." Well, now Danny Cavahal is injured. Now what? <laughs> Barcelona's transfer window. Keep, actually, uh, actually, keeping Messi might be a coup in some ways, considering yeah. he he said I want to go, and now he's like I'm all in for the team and this and that. So them playing hardball has actually kind of worked. Because trust me, in three months, people will have somewhat forgotten that he wanted to go, especially if he comes up with the goals and assists that we expect. So, um, Bayern had a pretty good window. Wait, 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 actually, so who did Barca get? I think it was just Trincao. And who's the left back from Ajax? Oh, Dest. Dest. The American dude, yeah. Yeah. Who looks like a standard creator player? 
on FIFA, by the way. <laughs> if you just if you type in like random face three yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. it is, that's he looks exactly like that. Just like the base player. Bayern had a decent window, I'd say. They brought in Sane. Oh, Douglas Costa. Costa. Back. Yep, Douglas Costa. For me, that's back. good. That is good. That is good. Um, getting, getting Costa was well. And Alaba. And Alaba. Have they kept him? I think yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. they kept him. They kept him. That's a good move. So sometimes keeping what you have is just as good as keeping uh, or getting a new player in. Um, I'm trying to think. PSG did PSG get PSG signed uh, Danilo today from Porto, mm. I believe. And 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 Chupomoting is now gone to Bayern, so they left Echo of Chupomoting, which is. <laughs> Did this, this, this guy miss a, a goal from a yard out? Do you, do you know the Stephen A. Smith meme where he's like, How do you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> Basically, he has the Johnny Cochran of agents, man. PSG and Bayern Munich. Guess how many goals Chupo Moteng scored in two seasons at PSG? I don't want to know. Nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think he scored three. Two, two seasons ago, last season, six. In all competitions. And he moved from PSG to Bayern Munich. Credit to his agent. Again, oh, no, I, his, again, his, his I am not a hater. If you got a raise from Bayern, or if you got like a... I don't know how many years his contract would have been. But, you know, secure money to not score goals and hang out with Thomas Muller and the guys. Like, fine. I think it's Milan. This may be... I think it's trying to get rid of Ericsson. <laughs> Do you know that? Do you know that they bought Darmian? Inter. Yes. Wow. And and they got Vidal as well. You see, Darmian is is that kind of Conte kind of player. See, Conte goes for very specific kinds of, of, of guys. Listen, listen, listen to what I'm going to say. Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Alexis Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Mateo Darmian. Mm-hmm. Ashley Young. Mm-hmm. Four Manchester United <laughs> rejects. Yes, sir. That Antonio Conte has purchased or wanted desperately. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at Chelsea, Drinkwater on the books, Emerson on the books, Zappacosta, <laughs> yes, Davide Zappacosta on the books, Marcus Alonso on the books. I think that's it of like the trash players that he wanted. Not, I can't call them trash. They're professional footballers. So compared to me, they're wonderful. But those are the questionable footballers for Chelsea Football Club that Antonio Conte purchased. But he wants to go and get Manchester United rejects instead of Chelsea rejects. That annoys the shit out of me. But it makes sense because he sued the club. <laughs> severance package. He got he got the severance package severance and then package. sued and then sued the club again. And I, I think they said the most he could get out of the lawsuit was like seventy k. So it wasn't even a lawsuit for millions. He just sued them to sue them because he's on crud. Like he's just he's he's just so yeah. No, no, no. There's something wrong with Conte. He's petty, man. He's so there's petty. Some, there's something wrong with that man. All right, so that's transfer talk. If we forgot your club, we apologize. Quick thoughts on Real Madrid beating Levante. It, is, is Vinicius's finishing improving, or am I just watching highlights and not watching the ninety minutes? Slightly, because look, the guy is still young. The guy's still long. His finishing has improved slightly. It can still be erratic. He is still erratic, but his finishing has improved slightly. It's... And do you know what is scary? Let me let me let me let me say what's scary. There could be a lot of pressure on 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 Vinicius, man, because of Hazard, man. I don't think Hazard is going to pull through. I hope he does. I pray he does. I don't think Hazard is going to pull through. I was telling people <laughs> the other day that I feel bad for you. <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> because you bought Hazard stock. 
at such a high price <laughs> and it's plummeted so much oh. that that you are in a in a depression or a recession of sorts. Oh, it's 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 bad, man. Yeah, you you had to buy Hazard stock at like when he was with Lille in order to make money off him. If we're gonna go like you know stock market terms, because you buy him after he wins Europa League or like after the World Cup, basically. That's as high as he's ever going to be. It's all going downhill from here. So, yeah, you you leveraged your whole bank account on peak hazard when he wasn't going to stay peak hazard. So I, I do feel bad in that way. That's Real Madrid Levante. Shout out Benzema, by the way. I think 250 goals for Real Madrid in all competitions over the course of his career. <laughs> they're, which they're is very reliant on him, man. They're very reliant on that. Quite boy. impressive. Um, Barcelona drew a Sevilla. Uh, very good game. Do you know the annoying thing? It was a really good game, but it was going on at the same time as 7-2. I watched 7-2 instead, just for the historicalness oh, of it. No, but. no, because I was watching both, but look, I was more attracted to the 7 because I, I was like, it was what a, the yeah, heck is happening? It's a, it's a car crash. Yeah. <laughs> it's a train wreck. Like You're always going to be more attached to that. Um, so if you could talk me through what happened with Barcelona-Sevilla quickly. Um, no, basically, it's... Sev- we might have a very close La Liga title, and I think this could be... A three-horse race. I think Sevilla could really do something because I think because I used to watch these Barcelona Sevilla games before, and Barcelona used to just watch them completely, just outplay them at Camp Nou. So I just think, from a psychological point of view, Lopetegui be like, man, we really matched these guys at Camp Nou, and they could have won the game. Obviously, Barcelona won the game, but it was very, very close. And I think Sevilla caused Barcelona a lot of issues because um, it was a really good goal by Luke De Jong, who I thought was a brick ball. Man, actually, be be doing I. The ho- the holiday is now over for Kuman right now, and I think that he's been brought it's down. It's been to Earth. three games. No, no, no. But in terms of like, it was something that Barcelona needed. But like, all right, okay, now this is now what we really need to sort of do when they now have to now face Sevilla in Seville, where Sevilla are very good in that stadium. And if the league is still close, that could potentially be like a a, a game that might um decide the the title. But I just think from what you're seeing. You imagine new coach, new Barcelona, and the fact that Real Madrid haven't really brought in a marquee player. Sevilla could just sneak into the, this title race. Mm. By the way, now is when you buy Fatty stock. He's like no. 17, 18. No, because because I th- I think I cost Hazard. So if I buy the stock, I think I'm, and also look look Fatty, he's 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 black as well, man. So I can't. I've got to support the young black guy. So I'm, I'm going to, because I'm tempted to, I'm tempted to go all full on Fatih agenda, but he's black. I wanted to which, succeed. Which, so. which, which player do you have the most stock in right now that's not Hazard? Mbappe? Neymar? Well, no, you've sold Neymar stock long ago. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I've, I've got a bit of, yeah, now nah, I've, I've got some stock with Mbappe, man. Okay. And the Ouse. Oost, your Oost stock. I don't know. It could go either way, man. You could be a millionaire or you could be in the in the in the gutter. It's, 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 it's not looking good, man. Because the, the the guys hardly playing, man. So um, okay, I have written down PSG one Angiers. We can cross that off. Bayern beat Hertha Berlin for three. We can cross that off. Did you watch Roma Juventus? I I did not catch it. No, nah, I mean I I caught the second half. It, it, it was at the two two. Yes. I, I caught the second half. It's, it's always hard to judge it because it's like they were down to 10 men. Mm. Um, so, but look, I just want people to understand this. Cristiano is an amazing goal scorer. One of the best goal scorers the game has ever seen. And that goal he scored 
his hang time is ridiculous and he has to be one of the best headers of the ball ever. I mean, the best headed goal of all time is Pele in the 1970 final. I still don't know how the hell he scored that. Do you know the only other player that can match Cristiano, at least in my mind, in terms of leaping? It's Kurt Zuma. Did you see his, his goal against Palace? Bro, the height that he got from a standing And jump, how he stood up in that air. Like, people are not even talking me. a lot about that goal. Guys are not talking a lot. Me. But that was a crazy goal. I'm like, the only other player who can score a goal like that in my brain is Ronaldo. Uh, just footballers, just that jump, and you're just like, are you going to land okay? It's Zuma and Ronaldo. And Zuma, I think he played Manchester United in 2015, 2016. And what happened, or what I feared might happen to him happened. He jumped high, he landed awkwardly from a big jump, and he tore his ACL. Ronaldo, luckily, has been injury free but the fact that he's able to do that at 35 like did, did you see the dunk that uh lebron did a couple games ago like at the end of the half where he just like uh kyle kuzma put up a shot to the backboard mm. and lebron got it did a windmill on like a, a putback dunk after the i'm like how are you doing that at 35 <laughs> and ronaldo i feel the same way it's just like how are you able to jump like was it last season against Torino or some team, just the the goal where he just hung in the air for like two seconds. It's just like how do you, how can you do that at thirty four, not thirty five? Um, incredible athlete, incredible athlete. Let's do some questions. What are the three teams from Football Bants Four that have benefited most from having no fans, and the top three teams which have suffered from having no fans? You wonder why Rodrigo is that. Leeds and Pareo is at Villarreal, I believe. And that is because Valencia, they just couldn't pay their players. So the virus really effed them in the ass. So they had to just let's go all off, off their top players. So I wouldn't look at the top of any league to see who's been affected the most from having no fans. I would look at, like, in an English context, look at League 1, League 2, non-league in, you know, France, Ligue 2, Spain... What's what's their second division called? What I mean, La La Liga. Yeah, there's like Segunda. Segunda. I think Liga C, Segunda B or something. Something B. <laughs> I always <laughs> I always think B because Real Madrid put their B team and Barcelona put their B team in the their second division. So for me, I just think it's like La Liga B, but there's no way that's what it's called. <laughs> but the Spanish second division, like I would look at those clubs. Or like the very bottom of the of the first tier to see like clubs are actually going out of business and oh, people yeah. are being Se- sold. I think and... it's called Segunda Division. Segunda Division. Ah, that's easy. Second Division. Segunda Division. Um, Super Saiyan Black says, There was a strange period in my life where I stopped wearing Chelsea shirts on game day because we always lost when I did and <laughs> won when I didn't. In no other area of my life am I superstitious. So, thoughts on the connection between sports and superstitions? Oh, 100%. Let me give you one. With Nigeria matches, I try and watch them on mute and on, on like a laptop. If I ever watch it, like let's say, on a big TV with sound, nah, gonna lose. So, I always, so, and, and also that was always, even so, during that whole Nations Cup run in 2013, laptop, mute, sound off, boom. And that was my, my thing. So I was very superstitious with that. So no, sports and superstitions, those things are 100%, 100% real. I don't really have any superstitions. 
I don't think if I watch the game, my team will win. If I don't watch, the team will lose. Um, I don't have a special shirt or a special hat or a special outfit. Um, I don't eat any anything special or drink anything special. I'm kind of at the point where like nothing I do is going to influence this game one way or the other unless I'm in the stadium and I run on the pitch. Somebody asked, is Jimmy Butler elite? Yes. <laughs> look, 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 look what he's done with the Heats, man. He's been a major part of taking them to the, the NBA Finals. Man. Yeah, that was, when, that when was... no one thought, and they were a fifth seed. That was from Raymond. Ibra official. Okay, these are a few questions. Why is Mourinho so special for you? An attention seeker and senile man. His tactics compared to Wenger and Sir Alex shows he is inferior to them. He won because of players already at those clubs. He doesn't know how to develop players which contribute to your football management. Why do you rank Arsenal so highly? I'm an Arsenal fan and there's special and they're special and they're fraudulently winning matches. Look at Arsenal 2011 with Seth Nasri, RVP, and Arshavin. We were relevant. Arteta has only won an FA Cup, and the squad needs top established players and a manager. Um, has the quality of football regressed since the influx and inflation in the beautiful game? Players are too superficial Wait, and materialistic question? nowadays and concerned with external influences. The football, heck? Messi and Ronaldo are still <laughs> on top. And in truth, last relevant three or four years ago... Has HH only started watching football what? in the early 2000s? <laughs> this can't be not being tweets. He's already gone beyond every 20 characters. Is, is this an, an email or, or a, a physical? So he sent you a physical letter. <laughs> on on his website, he has Kanu Joko as great and hasn't categorized Van Basten and Hullet. Why does he hate Ronaldo so much? His play style may not be for you, but you cannot deny that Mbappe has said he shapes his game to him. I wanted to read that all so you could pick out what from that this do you remember and what do you want to discuss? Because it seemed I, like an attack on you more than me. So, <laughs> Well, okay, guys just need to accept something very simply here that I'm not going to change my viewpoints or change my views. Now, one thing I caught was, oh, Mbappe models his game on Cristiano. Who gives a, who gives a crap? I don't care. That was the last thing I read. <laughs> the last thing was Mbappe has said he shapes his game to him. But there was like one, two, three, four, four tweets of oh, like yeah. Max characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically, he says something about Hulitz and Van Basten. I'm like, the Hall of Fame is always updating and updating. So I'll I'll get there. I'll get there. Just chill. I'll get there. And also, put respect on Kano's name. Um, Can I tell you one thing that, that fascinates me? And in relation to that question, you think that people would just stop? I think for about a good three, four, five years straight, people have been trying to convince me about Cristiano and Messi and so forth. I'm saying, wait a minute. We've been arguing and debating the same thing for the last three, four, five years. I haven't changed my my position. Surely you'd think that after the fifth year, this dude is never going to change. Let me just talk about something else. It's like if whenever people ask this question, it's like if they're asking for the first time. You've asked me this and sent me this about three billion times before. And I've still had the same answer. What makes you think that's ah, Maybe he's just going to change his viewpoint to today. <laughs> it makes no sense. You know, every day is a new day to change your mind, I guess. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> I know and my, 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 my brain isn't functioning fully well at 11 p.m. to, to fully absorb all that stuff he sent towards me. Man. Come on. Like, be, be, be concise. 
This has been the Talking Tactics Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Facebook Talking Tactics, Instagram Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, remember to give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review and we will read it on the show. If you want to help the podcast out monetarily, remember the link is in the description to our Patreon where you can give us or donate or subscribe or pledge or whatever it is. Rob a bank. $3 a month. Yeah, and you get access to what we will make and what we have made for the past almost two years now. So I encourage everybody to go check it out at least one time. If you don't like it, that's fine. But if you do, stick around. If you don't like it, you will like it. It's not right. fun. You, we, like we can't assume it's for everyone, you know. But try it out. Maybe it is. I'm at Daniel to look. Have hope. Where can people find you? You can find me on the street. And yeah, we will see you guys next week. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. La. Okay. <laughs> peace. Peace, 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 peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.